Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We are continuing to sink our teeth into the prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. I want you to know as we go through this series titled For Real This Time, it joins our sermons and our devotions and our curricula uh, for small groups. I'm praying this for you. So let's dive back into the text. Here is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 19. And where we've left off as we dig through this is around verse 19, which we're going to focus on today. Pray that you would be rooted and firmly established in love, and therefore able to comprehend, not merely as an individual, but with all the saints, and then every dimension of God's love, length, width, height, depth. And here's where we pick up. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. And this is something like eternally significant wordplay. How do you know something that surpasses knowledge? And then look at the literary device that he uses as well beyond that, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Can you comprehend what it would be like to be a Christian who is filled with all the fullness of God? And to know love that surpasses knowledge? He's conveying something here that is like meta-knowledge. Do you see that? To know something that surpasses knowledge, that is meta-knowledge, and to be filled with all the fullness of God, that is meta-fulfillment. This is epic. I think the reason that Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is using words like these, is he's trying to articulate something that goes beyond the capacity of language itself. There are no words to articulate the fullness of the love of God. It is beyond the ability of language to encapsulate knowledge that goes beyond knowledge. So beginning with, with this, this aspect of it right here, knowing the love that surpasses knowledge. I've got a cross-reference here for you. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. This is the basic presupposition for belief, for knowledge itself. Christian epistemology, meaning the study of belief, why we believe what we believe, the Greek word is pistueo, as in I believe. What we believe is that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What we believe is if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved from the rightful consequences of your sin, the wages of your sin is death. And instead, you inherit the free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. This is what we as Christians believe, right? For, for more on this, if that, that succinct description isn't enough, I wrote a book called What It Means to Be a Christian uh, for Lifeway and then followed up by, I'm a Christian, now what? But this describes how we believe what we believe and how we know what we know. Christians adhere to revelational epistemology, meaning God revealed everything to us. And so we know where everything came from, including knowledge. 
So this fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. On this, if you're not familiar with the book of Proverbs, uh, I highly suggest it. I have a, a series on our YouTube channel called uh, Words to the Unwise. And we went through, we went through the book of, of Proverbs and it, it feels like a topical series. And it's because I took the various issues addressed in Proverbs and sort of compiled them into individual sermons. But there's a reason why uh, each of them is interspersed. It's the reason why there's a, a proverb about finances and a proverbs about proper speech and a proverbs that relates to your relationships with others. Uh, you know, and they're all kind of in one chapter. Conveniently, in the book of Proverbs, there's one for every day of the month. All right, so uh, go go through. Uh, a chapter of Proverbs a day every month, and and by the end of that year, man, you're going to be a wiser person. Um, but these are all interconnected. You know, if if you're uh, if you're not very wise financially, that's probably going to affect your relationships, which is going to affect your intimacy life. You know, you, they 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 all interconnect. But for more on Proverbs, uh, go to that series, Words to the Unwise. Here's what I want to here's what I want to briefly illustrate so you can better understand what uh, what this has to do with this passage knowing Christ's love that surpasses knowledge and being filled with all the fullness of God like we see in Ephesians 3 verse 19 in Proverbs wisdom is personified like this w- woman who is calling out to people on the street come receive wisdom and everybody's rejecting her isn't that isn't that a, a beautiful picture of kind of the state of things in a world gone mad. Look for more content from uh, from us on this about the uh, truth aversion or reality aversion that we see that's rampant within culture. The book of Proverbs paints an accurate picture of what's happening right now, like common sense and the reality of things. You know, there are two genders, always have been. Every man is different, every woman is different. This is obvious, you know this. Here's wisdom calling out into the streets and everybody's like, no thanks. These are the ones who were referred to biblically here as the fool. All right, the fool is not a stupid person. It's someone who rejects true wisdom. She's calling out. She's there. She's obvious. She's plain to everybody. She's not hidden. There is a deeper wisdom of God. It's how he would fulfill his own prophesied covenant through the Messiah. But this kind of this kind of basic wisdom is not hidden. In fact, it's so obvious to us that God created the universe from his eternal power that we're without excuse. We are fools, right? Just as those described in Proverbs 1.7. So knowledge itself begins with a, a reverential awe of God. And when we understand that as the beginning of knowledge, we can understand this text, right? This knowledge of Christ's love that surpasses knowledge itself, right? Christ's love surpasses knowledge. It is by grace through faith that we were saved. You remember this earlier on in verse 17? This is something that surpasses knowledge. Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us a working knowledge of faith, a working definition for faith, being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. The love of Christ, if you know it, you know that it goes beyond what you could possibly know. It is meta-knowledge, knowledge that is given by way of faith. You do not see it. You do not see God, but you love him. And by faith, receiving goal, which is the salvation of your souls. 
see first Peter chapter one, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, which perishes though refined by fire, may be proven genuine and result in praise and glory and honor on the day that Jesus Christ is revealed. Even though we don't see God, we love him. And this faith is producing a goal for us, the salvation of our souls. By faith, being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see, our souls are saved. This comes from something that we cannot know through traditional means of empiricism, for example. See, David Hume. All right, empiricism is the belief that only the things you can see and touch and taste and hear and feel are the things that are real and nothing else is real. The problem with that is, as Immanuel Kant pointed out, it does not account for things that are equally real, but arguably more important, and it gives no account for origins of everything that exists, because there's nothing that we can see, touch, feel, or taste that could have given rise to existence itself. Such a narrow definition for truth wholly discounts as delusion, or in more popular theories, just evolutionary adaptation, things like love. When we know the love of Christ, we are knowing something that surpasses knowledge. It is not empirically provable, but it is real. It is a love that surpasses knowledge. Right? See that in verse 19, Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. And then at the end, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. For real this time. Don't just walk into the lobby of faith. Don't, in building upon Paul's own imagery here, written in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 3, don't just allow God to fill your Sunday mornings. Don't just allow God, his spirit, his word, his gospel, just to fill even your time at home. And then you switch gears and become a different human being when you go to the workplace, pretending like you're not filled with all the fullness of God and, and pretending like you don't know this love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. How can you possibly do that? If that's the case, then you're being fake at work. Either that or you're being real at work and being fake when you come to church. But like we've talked about here in this series, this is for real this time. This is for forever now. You are filled with all the fullness of God. Don't just allow God to fill your Sunday mornings and not even just your time with your family, but your time at work, your vacation plans, your retirement plan, your finances. Filled with all the fullness of God, submitted wholly completely, absolutely, and totally to the Lordship of Christ, then you know what it is to be filled with all the fullness of God. I pray that you would know the love of God that surpasses knowledge, that you, in Jesus' name, would be filled with all the fullness of God. I'll see you tomorrow for another devotion.